Radio. I'm Ray Burton and welcome to another Let's Talk Gardening podcast. Our mission is to provide listeners with interesting, informative topics and up-to-date information. My co-host is Faya Caro, an award-winning gardener, horticulturalist and media presenter. Faye's passion is educating people. Oh, and she loves bugs a lot too. My passion is simply beautiful, healthy gardens. And together each week, we cover many great gardening subjects. Saturday morning and here come the girls, Ray and Faye, with Let's Talk Gardening. And good morning, gardening friends. Welcome to July. And the temperatures certainly tell us we are in the midst of winter, do they not? Was it this cold last year? I just no. cannot remember. I can't remember if it's what it really was. Like, okay, guys, we are ready to go. When you phone in, you'll be speaking to the effervescent Bev Daring and John Glidden, chief researcher, garden show chef, wears many hats. He's standing by also, and uh, he likes to keep us in check, and uh, we like him keeping us in check, actually. Big shout-out to Chris Bartlett, who delivers a high energetic breakfast show regularly on Curtin FM and uh, Chris was looked after really beautifully today by Yvonne Hill. Breakfast was wrapped up by our cycling DJ Jim Crinan. Jim returns at 10am with the classic 70s. We wear a lot of hats in this radio station. So thank you boys and girls. Faye Akara, good morning. Good morning, Ray. Sitting there in a singlet, my word. <laughs> well, I've come from the cold region of Perth this you're, morning. Yeah, you're, t- you're just a bit tougher. <laughs> it's yeah. frosty in Jadcott. You have to toughen up. Yeah. Second frost this week. When I left this morning, there was ice on the grass again again mm. yeah one is meant to what turn the sprinklers on and wash that off in the perfect world yes that's that's mm. what you would do uh, i tell you what it's so handy if you've got one of those digital irrigation systems where you can just flick the switch give it a, a one minute a blitz. spritz yeah and that's yeah. it you're good to go yeah. but i thought today uh when we've got a minute we can talk about the the microclimate idea to protecting gardens. Yeah, no, that sounds very, very interesting. We're chatting with Carol Fudge from Banara Nursery. Now, as you know, they are wholesalers. Many plants that you buy in your local nursery do actually come from Banara Nursery. We're chatting with Carol about frost-hardy plants that power through. We need to know that. And in the studio, we have our special guest today. We have Mark Tuchek from Tuckerbush and Louise Peters. She's our butterfly lady. They're coming in together and that's going to be an interesting morning as well. So we encourage your calls, 9484 1927. You can email us as well if you'd like to go to gardening at curtainfm.com.au. And for the next two weeks after today, we're having our little winter break uh, and we will return on the 22nd of July. So for the next two weeks, we're just having a bit of time out. We might curl up in bed on a Saturday morning ourselves. <laughs> no, Maybe. no, no way. There's much to be done. We'll oh, be leaping out of beds, working in our gardens. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it'll. Uh, we'll just have a couple of weeks to catch our breath and uh, we shall return and power through the rest of the year. So how has your week been? You've obviously been doing a heck of a lot of gardening. Well, I I have been, Ray. I've got a lot of garden to tackle, garden and bush and verge. So I cannot just rest on my laurels, I'm afraid. And <laughs> You have to walk your talk. Yes. I do. Well, it's homework, isn't it? So 
how how do I get inspired when it's so cold? Because it is hard, but it's mm. really cold in the house. The days have been magnificent, but sometimes you've just got to get yourself going. And so I will uh, revert to my 15 minutes of brave where I tackle a little project and get out there and I'll say, okay, I'm just going to start doing 15 minutes of weeding. But honestly, Ray, when you get started, you you warm up and you oh, almost yeah. don't want to stop. So oh, it's yeah. that getting started that's important. It's the hard part, yeah. But I also take photos of my worst areas. I rarely share those ones until I've got the after photo to go, this is what it was. But I, I'm working on my pot stash, my fertilisers, my potting mix. I realised I had enough bags of potting mix to make up an aroid mix. So I filled up a wheelbarrow, turned it all over and put that into tubs. You know, it's about getting organised, sorting all the tools, sorting what is to put away, give away and throw away. Yeah. And it's that easy sometimes. Yeah. There's and, a lot of jobs you can do in winter. Oh, oh my. Yes. And you know, if you if you sorted, say, your fertiliser or your products, you work out what you've got. There's a lot of plants that actually are coming into bloom or getting ready to do something now. Mm. So they could do with a bit of a feed uh, because they're actively growing. I'm not talking about your hydrangeas or your roses so much, but things like your clivias, some of the bearded iris, strelitzias. We gave them a bit of a bad rap recently in as far as... We said, you know, don't plant it into the ground. You can't dig them up. They're hard. I have got a clump that's bigger than a metre, high and wide. And it's coming into bloom. The buds are Hmm. uh, swelling. And so what I did, I spent 15 minutes on more than two occasions this week getting in there and cutting out the dead stuff, an enormous pile. That plant now is singing I gave a little bit of fertiliser and now I'll stand back and I'll watch those blooms come because that will be a striking feature in the garden. There's a lot of people who've got just that plant in their garden and it looks ugly. It does. So you've got a job to do. Mm. I'd like to give them a few jobs to do while we're on the break. Good idea. Yes. Do you want more? Yeah, more. Okay. Absolutely. I'm I'm all ears. I was well, just thinking I forgot to play our little intro, or did I? No, I did not. We just started chatting. Such <laughs> such is our world. Well, we've got a lot to get through. A lot to talk about. Uh, now on. is the time to throw around some of your organic fertilisers, something like the pelletised chicken manure, rooster booster, dynamic lifter, multi-grow are three names I can think of. Mm. So you make your well around the plant. Even with your frangipanis, I know they're dropping the leaves, but this is a great time to improve the soil. And with a little bit of rain coming, Mm. you make that well, you sprinkle, and you only need a couple of cups. So one bag can go a long way. Like you're saying like chicken pellets or something like that? Yeah, just pop the whole bag in a wheelbarrow and start pushing around the garden with a scoop cup. But of course, before you do that, this is why you want to get around there and you want to do a bit of deadheading. Mm. So this week, <clears throat> we've cut back Dianellas, Lamandras, Dietes. Yeah. Do you cut and them back to the ground or what do you uh, do? N- if you can, it depends how old the clump is. Mm. I had a Lamandra mm. that was once again like close to a metre wide mm. and it's now 30 centimetres high in a gorgeous little dome shape. 
so the all the prunings off that have gone into the compost. Yeah. So you've got to have a plan about where your waste is going to go to. Mm. So mm. we've got worm farms, we've got compost bins, we've got burn-off piles. Mm. Nothing generally goes to the street waste. Yeah, that's good. Um, but yeah, you've got to you've got to have those systems in place, in place. And, and get them working. Mm. So that's that's for starters. Gosh. And then there's big pruning. Like if you've got a, a set of head shears, get out there and just take a little bit off your lavender, your rosemary, your hedges, your bay bay trees, grevilleas, anything that's over overspreading its pathways. Mm. Um, yeah, tidy it up. The grass trees, I have one that was sort of poking its leaves out, which of course are a bit of a a risk with children at eye height. Yes, yes. Um, the polygalas, eremophilas, there's a lot of plants that as they get a bit older, if you haven't been trimming them, just giving them a light trim shapes shapes them up. But, of course, the Geraldton wax are bursting into flower now. Mm, so mm. anything that's still going to flower, yeah, just you don't take when too much about off. It. Yeah. So is it okay with them aromatic? Er- er- it's been a long week it's okay to trim them now you're not going to take their flowers away it depends what they are and where they are for example i've got a gorgeous gray leaf i think it's calberry carpet it has yellow flowers Mm. the flowers are insignificant compared to the foliage and i've got it next to a pathway it goes uh, about two meters wide along the edge of a path so i just nip the fronts off that trim it up and you'll get a bushier plant. Mm. So it depends, you know, some with the lavender. I don't mm. mind compromising a few flowers right. because they're, they'll they're, make more. They're, as I walk around my area where I live, they're, they're flowering now oh. and coming into flower. They yeah. they are, mm. but if you trim them now, mm. you'll keep get those more. flowers going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's nothing worse than, oh, they look pretty now, we won't cut them back, yeah. and then you get to springtime and, they're and skanky. they've just fallen over. Yeah, they get very skanky very yeah. quickly, don't they? So sometimes, like I've got one near my roses next to a pathway, I've given it a half trim and I've gone in quite hard with the secateurs on half of it. Mm. I'll wait for that to recover and then I'll do the other half. Mm. Mm. Yeah, so for people who think winter is a time to oh. have out uh, of the garden, oh. think think again. Look at Faye. You know, about 20 years ago, we got hit with frost in mm. Jandicott. Now, this was in my new garden. I was a gung-ho gardener. I brought three truckloads of plants to the property Mm. and I said about planting them all out. Then April we got a frost, Mm. boom. Mm. Things didn't even recover and October we got another one. And that was my lesson, Ray, for how I was going forward with my garden. I wanted a garden that was going to look good all year round. Mm. So I go to nurseries all year round to get different things in flower, different different plants. And... I learnt about microclimates. So Mm. where I parked my car last night was under a tree. Mm. There's no frost on it. Mm. But the lawn area that's out in the open Mm. is covered in ice Mm. this morning. Mm -hmm. So where you've got a canopy, if you're creating a tropical garden, that might be palms, bananas, uh, trees that are up high, that actually traps the warmth in at night time. Whereas if you've got an open space... That's then, more susceptible. Then the warmth leaves the ground mm-hmm. and that can be very open to mm. frost. Mm. Big bodies of water, 
ponds and even small ponds maintain humidity and they they create a microclimate that keeps that moisture in without freezing conditions. Yeah. So un- understanding all those uh, types of Vari- plant variables. needs. Have you had uh, any damage with this frost that we ooh, have had? Uh, very, minimal. very minimal. Okay. I, I'm really quite surprised. Mm. You don't always see it straight away. It might be a couple of weeks. This is true. You know, my yeah. patio plants mm. and those in the hothouse, I've watered for the first time this week. Yeah. After four weeks, Ray, I didn't yeah. water them right before mm. I went to Queensland, mm. and I didn't get to water them when I came back. Yep. Yeah, I relate they're, to that. They're kind of Hanging they're okay. In there, yeah, yeah, they're, and they're tolerating these low temperatures. Even my huge Sarian elephant's ear. Mm. I moved that to a position uh, near the laundry door under the patio. I haven't watered it, and that's hanging in there with its. Big leaves. It's surprising how resilient plants are. I want to bring all of mine into my bedroom, probably in my bed actually, because I'm worried about them. I'm worried, you know, some of them, well, we have tropical plants and so on, and you do worry about what they can handle. I think they can handle more than we think they can. Mm. I've but, been known to mollycoddle. But mm. they're a bit like us. Like, I don't like to be cold and wet. No. I don't like to get wet late in the day. I always you... think about that. I always have you in my head. You oh. know. Sometimes that might be the only time that I actually have to do something. I know. And I think, oh, God, face it, don't do this. Yeah. I know. And, you know, like when you have these beautiful and I, days yeah. and you tidy up the garden and the, the next thing it's you want nice to do. It's nice to finish off. Yep, yes. with the water. Yes, But yes. It'll, it'll be a curse if those plant yeah. leaves stay wet yeah. and we get those frosty conditions at night. Yeah. That water is just going to hang around and make them colder and wetter. Oh, and th- how unhappy are they going to be? <laughs> <laughs> like I'm getting in yeah. inside. Yeah. By 5.30 at night right Have now. To. I don't want to well, be out there before that. It's pretty much dark anyway. Mm. So, yeah, it's nice to, if you can get into the house by 5. That is nice, yeah, because it's not very pleasant after that. And all. it's not very nice. At, well, it's very chilly at 7.30 in the morning. It is. I looked a little bit like a gum nut baby this week with my beanie Rugged on, up. my yeah. four layers of jumpers, and I admit and I was gardening in Ugg boot slippers. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, to keep my toes warm. Well, your hands freeze, right? And I found oh. I was even when I was working, my my hands I couldn't get them like on a computer. It might sound stupid, but my hands fingers weren't moving. I know, I know, it's absolutely ridiculous. Gardening gloves, right? <laughs> <laughs> on the computer. Well, and for getting here in the morning. Oh dear, oh dear. Nine four eight four one nine two seven. When we return after a little break, we've got Carol Fudge for you from Banara Nursery. Curtain Radio. And you're with Ray and Faye. You're tuned to Curtin FM Radio, listening to Let's Talk Gardening. It's 21 minutes after eight. <clears throat> Excuse my voice. There it goes. We've got Carol Fudge online. How's it going, Carol? How are you coping with this weather? Uh, well, I've got the heater cranked and I've got my fluffy slippers on. Oh, <laughs> yes. Not out the garden yet. <laughs> oh, yes. I bought a pair of those uh, woolly socks yesterday for $10, I think they are, and they're all lined and, you know, I just thought, oh, you know, the... The, the gloves are off here. So Absolutely. I have the socks on. The dog's pulling my socks off while I'm trying to wear them. Oh, my goodness. But I relate. I relate. I think we're all in slipper mode. Yes. Well, Carol, oh, we've, we've warmed up our listeners with the um, 
how to get through the winter chills and we've been talking about microclimates and we'd love to hear from you about frost-hardy plants that power through. Um, okay, so microclimates, I'm just trying to work out whether you're thinking about um, the little patio that I'm looking outside of my study window at the moment, which has got a lovely big gas heater flaring <laughs> away, <laughs> um, keeping all my plants warm where we had breakfast this morning. Oh, um, wow. And all the blinds are closed to keep the cold out. But um, yeah, I guess. It. That's yeah, it. That's, that's the sort of microclimate I'm thinking you're about thinking at the about. moment. Yes. Yeah. Oh, what a wonderful idea. I wouldn't even think to have breakfast outside at the moment at our place. It's a nice, cosy little nook with the heater cranked. And I have to say, it is a very, very good heater. Yeah, nice. (laughs) But um, it's just a nice little corner. And those those are the little corners that we treasure at this time of the year. The sun's low in the sky. So if you've got a a corner like that in a north-facing aspect that just captures the sun... Um, and I guess that's how we, we enjoy and try to get ourselves through these cold, dark days of, of the middle of winter. But, I mean, out there at the moment, I've got the end of my zygo cactus all flowering. Yeah. Although they've nearly finished and they, they have just been superb. And um, and then the little... Um, the little uh, calanchoes, you know, oh, the, yes. the, they're all in flower at the moment. So um, I guess at this time of the year, we just want to bring some some light and joy. Exactly. And um, I always go looking mm. for the flower, the flowering, it's and I like, mm. yeah, I like to have that colour all through the year. So you know, this time of the year, zygo cactus. I know they're coming to the end of their 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 best at the moment, but they're, you know, mine have still got a few flowers on them. And um, yeah, the little calanchoes are, uh, you know, just clustered in a pot. Um, and I, I guess this time of the year is the time of the year to think about what can you put in pots to, to bring a bit of colour and put it in the corner of that nice warm north facing spot that you can find. Yeah. Um, just to, um, yeah, just to make the most of that, that little bit of sunshine and vitamin D that we have because it's been hard to get out in the garden the last month with all the rain. Yes. We've had our fair share, I reckon, but we, we won't complain. No, it absolutely sets us up for spring. So I guess I was thinking about colour uh, at this time of the year and my beloved Alstroemerias are all very quiet at the moment. Their flowers have sort of faded, but they're growing like mad. Yeah, so you're going to get great burst, yeah. Oh, spring's going to be amazing, but it's a really good time to split them too and divide them up around the garden. So that's a good time to um, to break them up and sort of set yourself up ready for, for spring. And then, you know, aloes, they're, they're great in pots at this time of the year. And I love, the aloes are so forgiving. You can go away on a month's holiday up yeah. north mm. and come back and they're still going. Mm. They don't need, you don't need to worry about watering them. So the aloes are all in flower at the moment. Um, the grassy types, the, the ones that don't get too big that you can't kind of maneuver around them in a small garden, but they're, the more the grassy types that stay low. What are, what I are the, love them. I can't get my head around the grassy types do they have a strappier leaf or yeah so they've got a thinner well there's all different types mm. but the, the 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 breeding that came out of south africa which you know we were all once gondwana land so we're kind of all related but the uh, and the birds love them just as much as they love a kangaroo paw but they flower in the winter and they're bright vivid oranges of, of something like topaz which really doesn't get much bigger than Oh, I suppose 80 centimetres tall. 
and flowers at socks off yeah they just look amazing and and yes the birds the honey eaters are, are in them all the time so um, that's a great one and it doesn't get out of control mm-hmm. some of the bigger ones you know they can get great big leaves so you'll need a little bit more space and yeah. their flowers will come up as, as tall as a person but again they're big and very they, they add a lot of drama if you were doing a verge garden, you know, some of them would, would give you that colour at this time of the year when everything else is a bit quiet. Mm. I, I know on Gardening Australia last oh. night they were talking about uh, some of the grassy plants, kangaroo paws, and cutting them all down now. I guess there'd be kangaroo paws flowering now too, wouldn't uh-huh. they? They are. Well, yeah, I wouldn't be cutting them now. I would have probably cut them about two months back here for WA climate anyway um, because they're all starting to to shoot and and push up flowers now. So, um, you know, so I guess look for the the celebrations range, the masquerade, they're all sort of on their way. And the the good old-fashioned bush gems, um, bush dance, which is one of my favourites, which is a... I guess an improved form of that, you know, that red and green that we associate with our, our local species. Um, they're all they're all in flower now, and they should all be in the shops now. Um, all flowering really, really well. Um, yeah, for this time of the year, there's there's quite a bit of choice of flowering flowering plants. Um, all your daisies are coming into flower now. Yes. Again, if you if you don't want to venture out where it's cold and wet, but you've got a little sunny spot. You know, you can put a put a plant in a pot, and there's there's all the different coloured daisies that you can choose from. Um, you know, the Federation style daisies, and and all the the uh, South African daisies are all coming into flower. The Cape daisies are all coming into flower now too. The little rhodanthe that's coming into flower is just starting. So, and all the all the beautiful, glorious WA natives are coming into flower now. So your thryptamines and astartias and you know all the small, um, smaller growing um, West Australian native plants that are really good for our for our local gardens um, that don't grow the size of a house. Uh, they're they're all coming into flower now, and um, yeah, will bring bring us some light. Always love it when we get over that hump in the middle of the year of the short the shortest day. Me too. Yes. So it's it's all about spring now. We're surging ahead towards <laughs> spring. It's only eight <laughs> weeks to go. Yeah. Eight weeks, everyone. <laughs> Yeah, I think, um, well, you know, you look at your, all your Geraldton wax, they've benefited from this lovely rainy season we have. So they're all, they're all the buds are just swelled, ready to pop. So if you want to, even if you just want to have a bunch of flowers for in the house, if you can pick up a Geraldton wax plant at the moment and put it in the pot and bring it in and enjoy it while they're flowering. Um, and there's some great new dwarf cultivars, again, that, you know, you can have without worrying that they're going to grow too big in, in a smaller garden situation. And then a bit later on in the season, you'll see Local Hero, which is the one developed by Kings Park and the Botanic Garden. Um, and um, that one flowers late September, and it, it only gets to about 80 centimetres tall. So that's a lovely one for the garden, just yeah. a ball of flower. Oh, Carol, you've given me a, a so, list of yeah. plants <laughs> that I'm so still much. to get. And do you, are you into indoor plants, Carol? I am into indoor plants, although yeah. I've... I've I've kind of got over all the unicorn plants, which I've mostly probably killed from neglect or, yeah. or too much love, and I've sort of got back to, to I've sort of paired back to um, a couple of big sansevieras, which I've got um, the ZZ, the Raven. Um, ah, yes, he's so reliable. Mm. Oh, they they're just yeah. I don't think you can kill those. And um, architecturally, they just look good. They draw the eye. 
Oh, they're, they're really mm. striking. And it's little brother, the dark Zemicro, which has got the smaller leaf. Yeah, I've got um, him. Yeah. He's, he's actually, I, I don't, they, they must have sensed the turn of the, of the seeds or the turn of the, the shortest day because suddenly they're pushing up all new growth. So you've got these very sort of dark, black, mysterious foliage and then you've got these great big new green shoots coming up amongst them. Yeah. And I've got one in my office at work and, and a couple here at home and they're all doing the same thing. They're all sprouting new growth at the moment so something must have triggered them the shortest day something like that and i've got a few hoyas around the place yeah and um what else have i got a couple of philodendrons i, I have still got a a ficus uh fiddle fiddly ficus yeah. in the corner of the room it's probably looking a little sad might need a little holiday outside i think and um yeah some trailing hoyas trailing over shelves gorgeous um, but I've I've got it paired back now, so it's a bit yeah. more manageable. Otherwise, I spend my whole weekend pulling dead leaves off and fertilising, and yeah. and then with a nod to my grandma, I've got a I've got a couple of African violets as well. Oh, <laughs> I was interested to see that they're making a resurgence into the marketplace. Yes, they certainly are, and they were featured on Gardening Australia last night. Were they? Mm. Oh, and it, it was interesting to see, and I, I noticed that the at the garden club fairs when they when they have a garden oh, club yes. fair in, in which I think they'll probably have one again in September. Mm-hmm. They're um, they're terrific and they have a, the African Violet Society there are fabulous. They have a lot of different colours to choose from. Um, so yeah, I always seem to pick one up when I go. If you look closely and if you shine your torch light, they some of them will sparkle. Mm. Yeah, on the flowers. <laughs> I don't know. My grandmother had she she didn't really have a green thumb, but she had the biggest African violet collection I have ever seen. She and she had them all on a north facing window, but she lived in the UK, so it was a little cooler. And um, they got the sun through the glass pretty much every day. And that, and that was a perfect position for them. In the yeah, in, in a the cool UK. climate, certainly yeah. certainly not in. Uh, mine do get a little winter sun at the moment, but not not in the summertime. What's happening at Benara Nursery in general? Ah, powering along out there. Well, we yeah, we are powering along. We, we, we're switching to um, to spring mode now. Oh wow! Um, all the um, the native wisteria, the hardened birches are all flowering. So once all that that all once all the plants start to to sort of flower, we we move with the plants. They dictate our yeah. busyness or quietness yeah. uh, as the plants start to. To you know, show their flowers. We we start to pick up, and all of a sudden we're looking at a line of, you know, thousands and thousands of of native wisteria all coming into flower. And then a few weeks later, there's just you know an empty space. So yeah, it's, um, yeah. So we we revolve with the seasons at the nursery. We've got some um, we have got some new uh, grevilleas coming through. Oh, We've goody. released. Um, a very small teaser into the market of Gorlu Moon, which um, was developed by Digby and the team at Kings Park. That's in the marketplace now uh, in a few select retailers. Uh, we will have more of those at the end of the year. It's a gorgeous small flowering grevillea that will just flower all year round. There's never a time when it doesn't have flowers all over what, it. It's what's a, the colour of it? It's a, it's a soft pink. It's a, it's a, a yeah. really... Uh, it's a really lovely, lovely colour. It's just, um, and that, talking of sparkle, that absolutely, it, it's got wow factor. It does sparkle. 
Mm. And um, so that one's that one's been launched into the market with a nod to sort of um, a larger a larger proportion of stock available towards the end of the year. It takes such a long time to mm. um, develop these plants. Yes, and we're excited to say there'll be a, another one in the marketplace, a bright, vivid, uh, yellowy orange, um, which was named um, Webb's Legacy which uh, named for one of the CEOs of Kings Park, who... Um, Mark Webb, who, of course. That, that's right. So Mark, um, Mark was sort of the, 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 the driving force in the early days behind the breeding program with the Botanic Garden. So very deserving that, that one of the Grevilleas is, is named for, for his work. Um, so yeah, that one should be should be into the market at the end of the year. Earlier this year, we've been playing with it now for probably four or five years. Um, yeah, such it takes a while to build the numbers when you only have one plant to start with. Yeah, for sure. Such works in progress. It is exciting, but it is certainly, oh. patience is certainly required. It's just part of oh, what well, you do. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, uh, look, and it, it, it's yeah. I'm not. I'm not good at being patient. No, me neither. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know, our propagating team they they work yeah. so hard. They've got to develop the protocols for growing it. Which season is the best time to take the cuttings? All of those little little bits and pieces that go together to to launch and get the plant to market. And the first the first round that we do might not work, and then we you know it's kind of back to the drawing board and what can we do better and. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so there's a there's a quite a long drawn out process, and sometimes we'll we'll get a plant so far, and then we'll kind of go, you know what? I don't really think this is that vastly different to to something that's already in the market, yeah. or yeah. maybe it doesn't look as good as we first thought it yeah. was. So for every plant that we release, there's probably you know half a dozen other ones that we kind of don't we you know we sort of caught, draw a line under and and don't pursue. Um, it's about finding the ones that we think are going to do the be the best for the for the customer at the end for the you know yeah. for people planting yeah. their gardens. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. I mean, we, we're trying very hard to find the plants that will provide food for you know to encourage biodiversity in the garden, just to to be able to watch the the birds in in the grevilleas at the moment. And again, I live on, living on the coast. Some of the grevilleas don't work quite so well at my house, so I've got some big terracotta pots with them in. Um, and yeah, it's just lovely to watch the the birds coming in for those. So, you know, sort of strategically placed by a window so that you can sort of enjoy them from inside yes, when yes. it's cold. <laughs> yeah, that's very clever of you. And Love Carol, on the subject of food, I, mm. we've had a couple of listeners tell us they've had trouble getting the silver beet seedlings Ford Hook Giant. Um. I'm not aware of any problems with the silver beet Ford Hook drone um, lately. I, I, I'm not sure. We certainly haven't had an issue with seed. Okay. Um, well, that's so, yeah, good I'll, I'll, I'll have a look into that and, and um, maybe send you a text during the week if I can find out anything else. But the other one that's really nice is the, the one from Diggers, the um, one with the multicolored. Oh, stems. the rainbow chart, absolutely. Yeah, so that, you know, if you can't get the Ford Hook Giant for whatever reason, the rainbow chart is, is equally as good and, and possibly looks more interesting on a plate as well. <laughs> Yes. Well, it looks good in the garden too. Oh, yeah, Carol, it does. you've, it looks you've great. certainly given us so much. And up our yeah, morning. Thank you. <laughs> That's good. At the moment, the sun's coming through the window, so it's rather nice. I'm standing with my back to it at the moment. Yes, yes. 
It's uh, yes. thank you so much. No, you've given us so much to think about. And uh, we were saying uh, before we were chatting with you that winter is not a time to pull back and uh, rest on your laurels. There's so much that we need to be doing. And you've just outlined that what is coming up and uh, what things that we can be doing and looking for as well. So thank you very, very much. We love it. We're on the home run to spring. (laughs) We sure are. Get ready, everyone. Yeah. All right. right. Thanks so much, Carol. It's been a pleasure. No worries. Thank you. Look after yourself. Cheers. Bye. And that was Carol Fudge from Benara Nursery. What a big job she does. Oh, absolutely. So inspiring. I knew she would brighten up our winter days and make us realise that we've got to get out there and get... We've got to do our winter jobs now so that we can get ready for spring yeah absolutely all right we've got two very patient calls here we're in menorah sylvia thank you for waiting oh thank you um i have a i had a lovely native frangipani that i let grow into a tree and it's picked up that bug this year oh the scale Mm. yes and my grandson lopped it for me right down excellent (laughs) now it may shoot out but I put a pot on top of it, but those, I'm wondering whether I should leave the pot until see whether it's going to shoot out again or not. Uh, you Look, I had one that was cut to the ground and it shot back. So, yes, you won't have any oh, troubles. Right. Take the pot off it. It will be absolutely fine. Make sure that you clean up all the leaves around the base of the tree because yes. that scale yep. can hang around on the leaves at the soil and the ants will move it back up. So even... Well, that- Give it a spray with eco oil. Right. That's what worried me because I live in a retirement village and the leaves are dropping off and and they would catch with the wind. So Okay. Do I your got, best to get out there and clean them up on this fine day, Sylvia. Yes. Beautiful. Thank you for your help. You're welcome. Bye. 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 And uh, Tito, we know you're there. We're going to have a short break. When we return, we're talking to you about golden shower tree. And we are back. We do have two special guests in the studio with us this morning. Mark Tuchek from Tuckerbush and our butterfly lady, Louise Peters from Butterflies, Mini Beasts and more. Hey, guys. Hi. Thank you very much for coming in. I've got a very patient phone call, so we're just going to chat with Tito. Are you there, Tito? Yeah, good morning. How are you? Good. Thanks for waiting. How can we help you, Tito? Yeah, I've got a golden shower for the first time giving beautiful flowers. It's all gone now. Um, Now the leaves are very, very yellow. And I was just wondering, just let uh, nature take care of itself or should I put some fertilizer and uh, do a little bit of trimming? Uh, Only if you feel that you need to trim it to shape, but otherwise um, the leaves will go yellow and they will drop some of the leaves and that's quite normal for this time of year. So the plant is slowing down. Now is not the time to fertilise it unless you wanted to add some something organic to the soil like we spoke about this morning, something um, along the lines of palletised chicken manure or compost. You can certainly add to the soil right now. Okay, it's particularly for ocean reef areas, there's very uh, sort of a sandy soil here. Uh, you could even add clay and compost. That will help improve your soil and and build it up to help maintain the, the moisture and nutrients. Okay, can I just ask one question very quickly? Sure. Uh, I've got three trees. 
they're very good during summer, giving me a lot of crop uh, over the last couple of years. They're starting to slow down and looking pretty sick in, uh, as we head in the middle of winter. Should I pull it out after about a couple of years or they're no good anymore? What tree was it? Chili, chili, you know, like a hot chili. Well, they will slow right down in winter. In fact, it's unlikely that I could grow chilies through the winter in Jandicott. But because you are in Ocean Reef, you're closer to the coast, your your temperatures remain a little bit higher. You can certainly save the seeds from that fruit and grow them again in the warmer weather or you could even put them into a pot and put them in into a warmer area or put some protection around them to create a microclimate. But it's normal that they would not look very good through winter. Okay. They don't normally last after about five years. Would that be about right or...? Well, a lot of the chilies are annuals, so if if you get to five years, that's amazing. Yeah, they do. <laughs> they do run out of vigor, so they do run get tired. So good to replace them. All oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks very much. Appreciate You're welcome. That. Okay. Bye. Bye. And Carol rang back from Benara Nursery and in regard to the silverbeak query and she's spoken to her seedling production supervisor and plenty of seedlings coming through and should be available at nurseries. Okay, so folks, look out for the Ford Hook Giant, one of my favourites. But the Rainbow Charter are lovely as well if you want that extra colour in the garden. And, and, and why is it one of your favourites? Oh, it, it just has big green leaves. It's a... A good performer. Yeah. It's strong and vigorous. Loves yeah. winter. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's tick, just tick, tick. yeah, it's an old-fashioned variety, and you know, Dad would have grown it. So I guess <laughs> there's memories. Yeah. And also, congratulations to Carol, who's made a life member of the Nursery Industry Association. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. She kept that quiet. I know. I know. Yeah, she's very modest, but uh, such a, a hard-working person in the industry. Does a lot. Uh, locally in Western Australia and also nationally. So Carol's, we're very lucky to have Carol here in WA. She's amazing. Done a great job. And just, I'd like to just touch on that golden shower tree again. Just, um, so this is actually a host plant for our lemon migrants. Oh, wow. What's a lemon migrant? Okay, it's a beautiful butterfly. It does commonly get mistaken for your cabbage butterflies. Your cabbage white so but as soon as those leaves start to grow have a look out because last year on my golden chow tree the whole life cycle so i got the butterflies flying around i've got the chrysalis the caterpillars so look for those bite marks on the tender leaves and you may have a few caterpillars if they're in your area and now they come in to us from Indonesia so they drift in they're up in Carnarvon region where it's Mm. warmer but we do get them here in Perth occasionally so last year was a great year for them so what do they look like how can people recognize them Louise okay so they're about the size of the cabbage um, white butterflies so you're looking at about uh, three centimeter wingspan but they're brighter and yellow with a green sheen they have a a few um, markings round markings on them but oh they're definitely a beautiful little butterfly especially when you see them up close and that you see that green tinge yeah so people would would see butterflies flittering because they're very quick and they would just mistakenly think they're cabbage white okay so there's a a lesson for everyone 
It's not all what you think. Look yes, closer. Definitely. We have quite a few species come through, even drift in from um, upstate where it's warmer. But yeah, so last oh, year was a good year. But the golden chow trees are beautiful anyway. Oh, they are. They're majestic. Yeah. And what does their caterpillar look like? It's quite a long thin caterpillar, um, which is greeny. Their chrysalises look like bird droppings. Oh, how amazing. <laughs> so they're a bit like the um, spotted Jezebel caterpillars. Um, but, yeah, such a beautiful butterfly and caterpillars are very interesting. Oh, good to know. I look forward to learning about more butterflies and mini beasts this morning too. So, Mark, tell us what's happening in Tuckerbush land. What's what's going on? Well, we're, we're trying to keep warm as well up there. So. <laughs> how, how are you managing? <laughs> oh, not that well. But no. uh, I actually came across a really interesting idea uh, on Facebook the other day. Uh, a grower over east, uh, because it's so cold in his igloos, yeah. uh, he's a bit of an organic hippie type, he built a compost heap in his igloo. Because the compost generates heat... I thought, oh, that's a good idea. You know, we should probably do something like that. So it's like an a, a, uh, electricity-effective way of generating heat in your igloos um, to build a compost heap. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> no, not into that. Do, why are you screwing I'm, up your I'm, face? I'm, I'm, I'm processing that. I'm mm. thinking about it. I think it's really clever. Yeah. Yeah. Because, it, you know, the little microbes, as they... They uh, break down the compost, generate heat. Yeah, that's right. And, uh, it's yeah, all warm. It's, yeah, it's a good way to go. So I thought that was interesting. But uh, we're just having a big clean-up at the moment. You know, there's uh, lots of weeds, a bit of a tidy-up. So we're just waiting, a bit like Carol. Yeah. Uh, we'll be gearing up for spring shortly. We're yeah. starting to propagate. We've got a lot of things on our heat mat to yeah. keep warm. And uh, we'll slightly just fill up the glass house and uh, the hot house. In ready for spring, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Okay, and I saw I saw you brought in some interesting plants. We'll go through those when we get a chance as well. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. Look, we're heading to Scarborough. John, good morning. Oh, good morning. How are you? We're well, thank you. Um, I've got some choco chilies which line the driveway, um, and. Um, my wife's suggesting that I need to trim them back or cut them back, but they look pretty pretty good and uh, I, I think they die off a little bit in winter, but do I need to trim them, cut them back? Are they actually chilies? It's not a name for no, another... No. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a, it's a uh, maroon... The Alternathera. Oh, right, Alternathera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, they probably will look a little bit off right now. I think I would leave them until they don't it warms like winter. up. No, mm. they they will look a bit scabby. Mm. Yep. I would wait until it warms up a little bit. And this September. was actually something I did want to talk about today, where people are looking at their plants. If anything has been a frosted uh, affected by frost and or hail in the past, it will look a bit off. The probably the worst thing you can do with more potential cold on the way is to cut those awful leaves back. Yep. If you do, then often you're you're cutting back and then the next lot of frost we get will damage the next layer down. So if you can put up with it until the danger of frost is over, which is a bit hard to tell, but wait for warmer weather before you trim when it's actively growing again. Yep. 
and it will recover quickly, put on new growth. Uh, what you can do for now is um, just keep the weeds free around it. Uh, add some organic soil improver, compost, clay, depending on where you are, Scarborough, so yeah, definitely that. And then a layer of mulch. And by keeping the ground a little bit warmer, that will protect the plants and keep them strong. Oh, okay. lovely. Thanks. That's perfect. Thanks very much. You're welcome. Thanks, John. Cheers okay, for bye. now. Bye. Okay, short break. Curtain Radio. You're with Ray and Faye. Let's talk gardening. And our guests in the studio this morning, Louise Peters from Butterflies, Mini Beasts and More. And, of course, our very own, we like to claim you, Mark, as ours, uh, Mark Tuchek from Tuckerbush. And you wear many other hats as well. I do. So got uh, the school program coming up for the school holidays too. Yeah. So uh, we do educational things with kids. And I also do the water plants as well. Yeah. So half of those have kind of shriveled up and gone to sleep this time yes. of the year. Yes. But uh, there's, we're actually concentrating on the native water plants. Mm. And uh, so we're propagating those and selling those. So there's a good range still in nurseries. And uh, like Carol said, you know, uh, you should still get out to your garden centre this time of the year. because yep. And they look good. They yeah, look, they look good. Really good gear the plants there. look good. And the uh, yeah. And uh, the garden centres look good at the moment, mm. so uh, it's still worth getting out there and Absolutely. seeing what's different. Yeah. Yeah. Mark, I have to say, uh, I saw a photo on Facebook this week of a display at one of the uh, hardware stores, and I, I looked at your beautiful range of plants, and I remembered back to when you started, and you had a handful of plants, and now you have got like shelves full, and they... They look amazing. You've come so far. You must be so pleased. Yes, I am. Thank you. And, <laughs> and, and yeah, so it wasn't much of a display in the early years. Like, you know, a range of six plants doesn't really make an impact. But uh, now there's close to 90 varieties in the range. Oh, my goodness. And uh, there's a, a good display of Tuckerbush plants gone into stores uh, recently. So it's a great time to pick out some, you know, for your garden. And I know you've always uh, talked about the the edible aspects and today we've got Louise who just value adds the benefit of these native plants and what they bring to the garden. So we're going to be able to sit back and just listen to you guys talk. But for now we've, we've got a got... question for Mark, uh, actually. Peter, good morning. Oh, good morning. Uh, yeah, question for Mark. My bush basil and sea parsley, which I got from the garden show last year, um, have, have bolted. Um, do I cut those back or do I just let them go? Sure. <laughs> purple, purple flowers all over the basil and it's it's grown double in size. Yep, I don't so know whether to cut back or... Here's what I prepared earlier. So this ah. this bush basil that we've got here... Gee, he's different. Um, yeah, they're really... Well, it's it's completely unlike basil that people really? are familiar with. Yeah, it's really... Probably shouldn't even be called basil, I don't Gosh, think. Because it's so it, different. It is a plectranthus, isn't it? It is a plectranthus. Well, certainly, um, that's what it, yeah. So mm. plectranthus graviolens. So it does tend to grow a lot taller and it has this big purple flower spike that comes up. <gasps> and they do get kind of woody underneath. So you can trim it and we do trim ours. And you'll find uh, if you do give it a, a haircut, uh, it'll bush down from below. So the little um, nodes... Uh, down further down the stem will shoot for you and right. uh, yeah so definitely do give it a haircut and they respond and what, and what about the sea basil the uh sea the parsley, sea parsley yeah sea, yep. sea parsley has little white flowers 
and yep. they're edible, so you can actually chop them off and you can actually eat those as well. And if you cut the flower stem off right at the base of the plant, uh, that'll cause it to be a bit bushier because the sea parsley tends to be a prostrate um, shrub. And, uh, yeah, so you can regenerate that one quite easily. It's perennial, unlike parsley that everyone's familiar with, which is an annual. Mm -hmm. uh, so sea parsley will keep growing. So give it a trim. When you do give it a trim, I would certainly give it a fertilise because when plants put out new growth, they tend to draw on more nutrients. So, What do uh, you fertilise with? Uh, the sea parsley, I'd probably tend to use more like a liquid fertiliser. And uh, we use organic liquid fertilisers just to give them a, a bit of a boost. And uh, like you mentioned before, with the uh, slower growing plants, just a slow release organic uh, chicken manure is great. You know, we use that a lot. Now that bush basil in my garden self-seeds readily. Yep. Um, it's a good one to go around now and deadhead, like get rid of the, the spent flowers. It flowers all year round. The blue-banded bees come in for it because it has purple flowers and also the reed bees, the tiny little exonura species of native bees. So yep. it's a good one it is a ripper. for the pollinators. I'm very proud. I actually managed to catch a blue-banded bee in action on one of these, which is really hard, and just yeah. on my phone, not with a fancy yeah. camera like yours, Faye. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, the blue-banded bee is a great uh, pollinator attractor. Um, I mean, the bush basil is a great pollinator attractor. So mm -hmm. great one to have in your garden. Good choice. Yeah, but, but thank you for that. But all the, I've got 12 different edible uh, water plants and edible bush tucker, and every one of them are thriving in the garden at the moment. So it's wow. fabulous. Excellent. That's great, Peter. <laughs> yeah, good on you. Yeah. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for the call. Thank you. Take thank care. You. Bye. Bye. Okay, we will be going to the 9 o'clock news in just a moment. Uh, coming up, we're going to be chatting with John. You'd like to talk about his fiddle leaf fig. And Rosemary wants to talk about her Department of Ag visit. Ooh. Okay, and Marie would like to talk about Wisteria. All happening after the news. Okay, the weather has jumped up to 7.3 degrees, humidity at 97%. Sunny today with a maximum of 18. The minimum overnight will be 6. Sunny tomorrow with a maximum of 19. And looking ahead to Monday, there will be some showers developing, minimum of 9 and a maximum of 18. And our total rainfall for June, 228.6 mils. Against the average, the 10-year average of 124 mils. So we do, certainly made up for May, which was wonderful news. Okay, everyone's listening to Let's Talk Gardening. We're going straight back out to the lines. We're in Scarborough. John, how are you? Yes, hello. Um, I just spoke to you earlier yes. about my uh, my chili choco chilies. That's great, but I forgot to ask you about the um, the fiddle leaf, which is going nuts outside, mm. and uh, it's it's on the pergola outside, and it um, uh, it's it's under cover, but it's gone so big that it's restricted in height by by roofing over the top of it, and it's bending over. And when we were away, we, we saw on the camera that it had fallen over. So oh. I, I, I stood it back up. But can I trim it back and just cut the, the, the massive branches that are protruding out from underneath? Well, the, Ray uh, is nodding. Yes, cover. you can. Yeah. <laughs> and if it's getting too big, you kind of have to. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, it's a massive plant, and it's done so well. We're so happy that yeah, it's you're lucky. Mm. It didn't didn't do very well inside, but no, out. they don't like it. Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Terrific. I'll just have to cut it back and uh, give it a lot. Keep doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Terrific. Okay. Thanks for your help. Here. All right. Okay. Bye, John. And let's head to Warwick. We're talking about a department of ag visit. Rosemary, what can you tell us? Good morning, ladies. Yeah, I got a surprise. I had these, I was inside and doing some knitting and I had these blokes walking around going backwards and forwards. So I got a garage door that closes off the house. It not work out how Got a really bad line here, Rosemary. I don't know uh, whether you can move or something. You're obviously on a mobile, are you? Yeah, I'm on a mobile, yeah. Okay, um, just clicking yeah. in and out. Okay. Try um, again. Try again? Yes, please. Yeah. I, I had these two men walking around the, the, yes. the front yard yes. and so forth with vests on. I, I went out and I said, oh, you know, can I help you? And they, I'm, uh, they're from Department of Ag and they're doing uh, the searches all in this area and they're sort of moving around the different areas. For the shot hole borer. Ah, yes, right. yes. Mm. So, yeah, um, they checked because uh, I've got a very big tree at the front and olive um, probably about a uh, two metre olive tree out the back. And they checked all the plants and they said, yeah, okay, just keep an eye on these things. But they um, obviously are very concerned because. Oh, yes. Thing, yeah. And then uh, a couple of days later, I see. Three um, walking around further up into sort of like Hawker Avenue and so forth, which is, and they've got a lot of big, big trees down the area. So, yeah, it um, it was a surprise to see these people working in my front yard. So, yeah, they I, do do a great job, and um, this this bug yeah. has the potential to to wipe out a lot of species. Out. So they've really got yeah. to get onto it and minimise the spread as quickly as they can. So thank you very much for letting us know about that, Rosemary. That's good. And I, and I actually gave you a, bl- um, um, a plug because I said, oh, you know, the, the ladies uh, talk about this and they're, you know, people ringing about it all the time. And they said, oh, yeah, because they didn't know about curtain radios. And I said, get your well. together, boys. <laughs> <laughs> Good, Good on you, on thank you, you Rosemary. Rosemary. We need more people like you. You tell them, love. <laughs> Thanks very much. Take okay. care. Bye bye. Bye. And we're heading to Subiaco. We're talking about wisteria. Marie. Good morning. Hello. Hi. Um, I've, I've got a wisteria. It's a standard wisteria. It was grown on a hoop, but the, now it's out. The hoop is still there, but it doesn't do anything because uh, it's above it. Um, I've always kept it pruned so it didn't go crazy. Um, but this year it hasn't had many flowers and I think maybe I pruned it at the wrong time last year. Now at the moment it's lost all of its leaves so it's just, uh, you know, it's just the actual wooden form. When should I prune it and how should I prune it? Because I think I've done something wrong for it not to have flowers. Okay. Um, so it will probably flower in springtime. So definitely don't prune it before that, Marie. Give it a fertilise okay. when it's starting to bud up because you, okay. you should see the flowers first. I and can then the... see the buds on it now. Yeah, okay. 
it's so you could give it food. you could give it some fertilizer now you prune yeah. back the whippy new growth that yeah. comes and definitely do it after flowering not before and how actually should i prune it what should i prune it to like you know you've got your knotty okay so don't worry about it now because it's the wrong time no okay. best you let it flower send us a photo yeah. But wait for that whippy new growth. Okay. All right. And contact and, um, us then and I... we'll talk it through. Okay. Um, and the other thing is I've got in a pot, um, it's a cross, I can't remember the name of it, but it's a cross between um, a mandarin and a kumquat. Oh, okay. Do you know what? Manda something, mandalorian, or that sounds like a... Calamondin. <laughs> Ah, you've got it. Tell him oh, on the good yes. on him. Oh. oh, isn't he smart? Just he is. Yes. Old... That's why he's here. <laughs> That's why he's there. Yeah. Um, anyway, it's in a pot and it's about five years old. Now, I've discovered these little sort of um, miniature grasshoppers and they're, they're brown and they're speckled. And I've caught two of them and relocated them to an unoccupied garden, not an occupied garden. Um, but the actual plant has gone quite yellow and some of the leaves are folding in half and sticking together. So what is wrong with it? Well, the, the uh, grasshoppers are an unrelated cause. The yellowing mm. is it's probably hungry and after five years it might want a new pot. Right. Um, so put it onto a bigger pot. The curling of the leaves could be leaf curl. Right. And winter is the time to to deal with that. Yeah, if, they, they, they also go a bit daggy this time of the year because their right. roots don't function. Yeah. Um, because it's cold, the, the roots don't function. They don't take up nutrients and things like that. And sometimes folding the leaves up is due to the uh, temperature too, like to protect it from the cold and or in okay. summer, it'll protect it from the heat. Mm. So that's when yep. you get leaves folding up like that too. So, probably okay. Wouldn't... So you reckon just repot it and give it a bit of fertilizer or something, or in probably well, you could give it an organic fertilizer now. So, like I've talked about this morning, the pelletized chicken manure, uh, compost yep. and clay on on top. Um, yep. But yeah, new potting mix will help, and then just yep. mulch the top of the pot lightly. Feed in spring. Yeah, so just make sure you take it out of the pot, put the fresh potting mix in the bottom of the pot and then put it back in that pot. So don't put the potting mix on top. Uh, make sure oh, you just put okay. the potting mix underneath the plant. Yeah. Okay, because that's what I did a while ago. I thought, you know, I'd put potting mix on the top, new potting mix on the top. No, no, that'll be bad for it because if oh. you end up covering the stem, they can get like a collar rot. So if you want to keep it in the same pot and it's actually sunk down... Yeah, you can yeah. actually take it out, put fresh potting mix in the bottom and always put it back in. Yeah, it's always better um, potting mix in the bottom, not at the top. Okay, and can someone tell me anything about those little miniature grasshoppers? I've never seen them before. They were tiny. Oh, they're going to grow a lot bigger. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for that, Louise. Yeah. <laughs> and unfortunately, yeah, they love... Um, they love citrus trees. <laughs> uh, so um, I think it was species. I, but I don't want to kill them, but I don't want them growing bigger either. So what should I do? 
I did manage, as I say, I managed to catch two of them in the using the old jar and the piece of paper yeah. trick. If you've but, got chickens, uh, they're a great food source for the chickens. No, no chickens in Subiaco. Oh, just yeah, yeah just pick them off. Just yeah, collecting them and removing them. Um, oh. But they do have a lot of offspring, so oh. you're going to see a few more. Okay, and I don't want to kill them because I think that's just yeah, just like with I know a lot of people are having problems with the. Um, they see a lot of furry black caterpillars at the moment. So your common tigers are a huge pain. But what I do is I tell them to put um, them in a garden, in parts of the garden where the oh. weeds are abundant and they'll be they'll eat all your weeds. So you could try Ooh. doing that with the grasshoppers. Move them to an area you don't, you've got something to clear, some, and hopefully they'll... Feast on that. Yeah, because they do <laughs> feed on a few different plants. You can't, lo- you, you can't lob them over the fence like you do snails, you know, to the, to the neighbours. You know, so. No, see, I've got, for my snail problem, I've got all the bobtails and the blue tongues. So okay, there you go. They come oh, in God. and clear the, clear the snails out for me. So, Marie, we have to get a wriggle on, love. Okay, thank you very thank much. Thank you so much. Cheers. Cheers. Bye. And let's head to Mira Booker. We're talking about Amanda Intree. Jan, hi. Good morning, folks. My mandarin tree has got little black, well, it's, they're not as large as a uh, aphid, but tiny little black, all over the top new new leaves. What are they and how can I get rid of them? Oh, they are a type of aphid. They're a citrus aphid. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, so we, we battle quite a few different aphids here, three main ones. Your citrus aphids are your black ones that attack the citrus. You've got yeah. your yellow ones that really feast on the milkweed and, and type of plants and your native milkweeds and then we've got our brown the brown sit, common citrus that you find all over your roses aphid aphid sorry aphid <laughs> yes so yeah you've just got to um entice those natural predators um another way is to use soapy water Oh, good. Or so even just hose them yeah, off with a them. jet of water. Yeah, or squash Ooh. them. But your aphids. Oh, nice. <laughs> see, I, I love the aphids because the hoverflies lay their eggs and the larvae, which look like caterpillars, eat the aphids. The ladybirds come in, they eat the aphids. Then you've got the little, yeah, you've got praymantis. You've also got the little wasps that yeah, come in and lay their eggs in the aphids. So aphids are an important part of that so, ecosystem. Uh, it's not going to hurt them, hurt the tree. It depends so, on okay. the, if there's quite a few. They do tend to so aphids suck all the nutrients out of the leaves, unfortunately. Yeah. So if you do have quite a lot. You may want to try and... Shoot them off with a jet of water is the most environmentally friendly and it won't harm the good guys. Yeah. No. Okay. Thank you very, very much. Thanks, Thanks, Jan. Jan. Bye. Bye. Okay. And let's head to Thornley. We're talking about rose pruning. Margaret, how's it going? (laughs) Oh, fine. Thanks. Um, Rose pruning is coming up, as we all know. Yes. Um, I had chilli thrips. Couple of, for a couple of years I've had it. Mm. I managed to keep it fairly under control with white oil. But I want to know, after I've pruned the roses, um, if there's any leaf litter left on the ground where the um, 
uh, bugs might still be. Is there something I can spray that would around the bottom of the, you know around the soil? Well, any- if the best thing you can do is remove all leaves, because even if you do spray, you need to get both sides of the leaves. Oh, okay. Yeah, so the recommendation is to maintain a hygienic environment and that means removing all leaves that have fallen, which is not not too bad of a job if you start your pruning while the leaves are still on the stems. Oh, yes. Okay, mid-July? I think that would be all right. Although the weather, I was looking at mine the other day, a week ago, they they looked in pretty good nick. In the last week, they've oh, started wow, to cold. turn. Mm. So I'll be looking at how they go now. I've still got some buds coming. I'm hoping to wait for them. But probably in a couple of weeks might be about right, I'd say. Okay. All right. Well, thanks for that. I'll try and get all the leaves up. Yes. <laughs> good job, thanks, Margaret. Bye. Okay. Bye. Thank you. Bye. And let's squeeze one more in. We're in Beachborough. June, how are you? Great. How go, can we help ahead. you, June? Oh, I wasn't sure. Um, I've got a orange tree. It's taken years to get oranges. I finally got some oranges, but we're going to move. Can I, can I dig it up and save it? And you can. It and you don't have a choice. If you want to keep your orange tree, you're going to have to dig it up. So, yeah. Um, yeah. When are you moving? Well, we haven't. Well, we haven't got a place yet but we're going to get somewhere with a smaller garden so I wondered if it would be okay in a pot Yes, or would it be better in the ground? What sort of orange tree is it? It's a navel and I think it's more of a dwarf one but oh it's so sweet. We've got 20 oranges of it this year and it was beautiful but all before we've not been having any oranges but all of a sudden we've got these beautiful oranges and I really don't want to leave it. No, well, I can understand that. Yes. Your house and a, yeah. Yep. Oh, great. So I don't have to do anything specific to dig it up? Well, you, well, yeah. well, you'd probably want to try and take as much of the root ball as you can manage. Is it very tall? How oh. tall is it? Well, no, it's not very tall. It stayed really squatty. Yep. So that's why I thought I'd try and dig it up and take it with me. Yep. So, so it should be nice. Cause, yeah. yeah. So while you're transplanting it, use a good quality potting mix. And uh, oh, right, yeah. an Australian if premium potting mix. If I get, if, what about the citrus potting mix you can get? No, you don't have to do that necessarily. Just get oh, a, okay. a standard potting mix, a, a premium potting mix. Oh, okay. And uh, okay. just keep it damp. And when you do repot it, make sure it's at the same level. So don't cover up that stem. And so keep okay. the, the level the same. And they should transplant okay. quite easily. Yep. Okay. Great. Good luck, Joan. Thank you, Joan. Thank you very much. Bye. Thank you. And we do have a call. Caroline, we will be with you after this. And it's 23 minutes after nine. Jim Crinan will join you at 10am with the classic 70s. We're in Morley. Caroline, thanks for waiting. Hello. Morning. I have a a red riding hood. I believe it's called Diplodenia. Yes. Um, it's not doing too well in the winter. Is that normal? Yep, very normal. So uh, the diplodinas are a, a semi-tropical plant. They've got lovely pink and red flowers uh, during the warm yeah. weather. And even they kind of flower most of the year round. 
But, yeah, they do suffer with the cold, so the leaves go a bit yellow. It uh, looks a bit daggy. And the leaves fall off? They, the leaves <laughs> fall off, oh, yep. All right then. Oh, that's okay. I just I was just wondering whether I'd done too much watering over the, the, the summer for it because I water every morning and I gave it fertiliser in the spring and just all of a sudden the leaves just all fell off as soon as end of autumn came yep. and there's only a few leaves left and it looks like it's dying. But uh, Is yours in a pot or in the ground? Oh, we've lost you. Are you there, Caroline? Yeah, it's in a large pot. Okay. So certainly let it dry out this yeah. time of year because if it's too wet, that'll uh, make it even go backwards. Mine are in pots and doing quite well at the moment, um, but I had one in the ground, and, yeah, I find that they're easier to lose in the ground. But, but they're in a nice little sunny spot. This is a timely reminder for everyone to check the drainage on their pots because yeah. I actually found a bromeliad in a pot and it was swimming in water yeah, because that. the drainage hole had got yeah. gotten blocked. Oh, yeah. So if that's yeah. the, the case, it sounds like something's happened to it. Get it um, into a sunny position, undercover, morning sun or full sun, warm, and let it dry out a little bit. Yeah, dry oh, between waterings. Yeah. Oh, okay, then. Okay, okay good you. luck. Thank you very much. Okay, Thank bye. Now, I've got a $75 gift voucher to give away from a Bigger Trees. You know the rules. Must be a Curtin FM member and not to have won a prize in the last 28 days. Now, you know I like to tell you about what's going on up at Bigger Trees each week. This week, they have a lot of new pots, lots of new stock, heaps of new bare root stock continually arriving, and they've got a big clearance of frangies going on, including the rarer varieties. Now, I believe, personally, Bigger Trees is one of the nicest nurseries to simply go for a stroll through and find things. Of course, you will find things. And Bigger Trees delivers across the metro area too, so you can learn more by going to biggertrees.com.au. Great online options. Check out their Facebook page for updates. Here's John's question. Which Tony Joe White song tells of a girl who collects and cooks Phytolacca Americana? Which Tony Joe White song tells of a girl who collects and cooks Phytolacca Americana? Give Bev a call, 9484 Okay. He challenges our listeners, doesn't what a, he? What a ripper of a question, John. God. Do you know, Mark? No idea. <laughs> oh, so interesting. To translate that it's one. a great yeah, song, exactly. let me tell you. Yeah, okay. it's a you'll know it. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. So in the break, we were talking about our little gifts that Louise has brought yes. us in. Please explain. Okay, they're the chrysalis of the monarch butterfly. So butterflies produce chrysalises where your moths are more fibres. They get things from the environment to make their cocoons. Um or they produce the silk to make them, just like your silkworms. You so that's like a great example of a cocoon. Um, but with your butterfly chrysalises, they come in amazing colours and ranges. I call them nature's jewels because our monarch butterflies, not only are they beautiful and green, they also have some beautiful gold markings on them due to some of the chemicals that the caterpillar produces. So, yeah. So with these that you've given us all one each in like a little plastic lunchbox, <laughs> what do we need to do? What happens next? Okay. So we, if you just keep them 
anywhere in a warm position. Stick them in a plant. Any plant's fine. In your bedroom, Ray. Okay. (laughs) But just keep them out of direct sunlight. Mm -hmm. Um, They may go a little bit black. And then what's going to happen is you're going to start to see the butterflies' colours through the green chrysalis. It's going to turn clear and you're going to see the orange wings markings. And that's when you know your monarch butterfly is going to arrive. Um, with the monarchs, I can sex the chrysalis, so I could tell you if it was male or oh, female wow. by looking. Usually, my daughter does this for me. She loves to do this, my eight-year-old. Do you have to hold them upside down I, or have something? Have I got I, a male or a female? I have to. I need some light. Oh, okay. Let's Maybe we'll do it later. Yeah. It's probably not good for radio. Yes. <laughs> How so. do you get them? Like you've got them on. Just to describe to the listeners, it's sitting on a little stick. Okay. So the only silk that the monarchs um, use are uh, produce is to hold themselves on to something like a branch. The mm. caterpillars usually go up as high as they can. So if you're looking in, so if you've got monarch butterflies and you look high up, they love gum trees. Mm-hmm. So the caterpillars will come off the host plant climb up as high as they can and under the branches or under bark they'll attach themselves with a little piece of silk they then form a j shape Mm. for about 20 hours can be up to 20 hours and um and then they kind of it's so hard to explain they turn themselves inside out and shed that outer layer of their skin well they go Mm. like jelly don't they They do and they wriggle around wiggle and um if you look on youtube or i think i've even got one on my webs uh, on my facebook page but of one turning it you can actually see the process in slow motion of a caterpillar turning into a chrysalis it's absolutely amazing and then it hardens over the next 24 hours. And, yeah, depending on how warm you keep your chrysalis, the faster the butterfly will form. And so you've given us all one today. Yeah. How long before he hatches? Well, I think I've held on. I like to hold on to a few because butterflies do have a lot of viruses. Um, even if they're upset, they can make themselves sick. Oh, dear. Yeah. A lot of people, yeah, don't know that there is so many viruses and no. and pests and predators. But um, what will happen is I see that phase, you can start to see the butterfly mm. colours coming through. Mm. And um, so as soon as it turns clear and you see the orange wings, it's going to hatch a few hours later. And then when he hatches, what's next? Then they're going to stay with you. Mm-hmm. while it dries its wings. Mm-hmm. So that can take up to about six to eight hours. Mm-hmm. So you can enjoy your butterfly while, mm-hmm. yeah, while they dry their wings and then mm. when they're ready, they'll give a few flutters. And that's when you can, let him go. And that's when you can take them outside. Can we feed them? Go. You can. Yeah. So I think I gave my special recipe out last time. Yep. So if you mix one part sugar or honey, to four parts water and add a few drops of um, soya sauce (laughs) to make it stinky for the butterflies. They will then, um, once you put that on a cotton wool ball ball, and um, once the butterfly smells the soya sauce, it'll land on it. Butterflies have their taste buds on their feet. 
So they will taste that they've landed on some Something nectar, good. sugar, and you'll see their proboscis come out. But you'll need to feed it the following day, I think, because the caterpillar's very hungry <laughs> and eats a lot. They, um, they're full for the first 24 hours. Okay. Very yeah. cool. And then, so of course, cool. you can let them go in the garden. Yes, and then they will find, seek out their host plants mm-hmm. and the nectar plants because butterflies only eat nectar, whereas your bees, they will collect nectar and pollen. Butterflies are just nectar. Mm-hmm. And there's plenty of nectar plants around. And, um, yeah, mm-hmm. and they fly. They can migrate a lot, just like all our migrate butter- migration butterflies. So oh, they'll travel far distance. Thank you. Now, we do have a winner for our $75 gift voucher from Bigger Trees, Yvonne Morley. Congratulations, Yvonne, and that voucher will be on its way to you this week. Let us know what you do with that. And uh, we have – oh, I better give you the answer to the question. The question was, which Tony Joe White song tells of a girl who collects and cooks Phyto Lacquer Americana? The answer is Poke Salad Annie. Oh, okay. Ooh, I do ooh, know that song. I love that song. <laughs> yeah. All that ooh, 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 you there know. Yeah, love it. All right. And we are going to be giving away a $75 gift voucher from Green Life Soil Co. We'll do that in a little while. Okay. We are heading to Bertram. Alan, good morning. Uh, good morning, Phone Ray. Jan and I have been listening to your show for quite a while now. Absolutely love the content. Oh, thank now, you, Alan. Why? Jan sent you, Faye, an email regarding a bird of paradise. Oh, no. You're going to curse me, aren't you? (laughs) No, no. No, I already have. It's already out of the ground. Oh, wow. (laughs) That was a mission? That seriously was a mission. Yeah. And then to try and dig the massive tubers of roots uh, out, it was just unbelievable. Mm. Um, Now, there is a very easy way to remove the plant. I'll do share. Jelly Knight? You wrap a wire rope around the plant and hook it up to the car and drag... And it just ripped all the top off the plant and left the root mass there, which made it very easy to dig out the tubers out. Now, the question, very quick question, will those tubers strike and grow again? They probably will. So today we've been uh, singing the praises of this beautiful plant. So you could now let it grow back, Alan, and put on some beautiful new growth. Because you've done all the hard work. I've nearly run off the road. Stop it. Oh, no. No. The the basic, the main uh, mass of uh, tubers, they don't go very deep into the ground, but they spread out. Now, I have a hole in the ground about a metre wide, and some tubers are going there, and I have... This, this, well, this happened probably about three weeks ago. There is no sign of anything striking yet. Mm. OK. Well, now, like in a lot of gardens around Perth, they're, they're flowering now, so it's yes. probably not going to be the time they would be putting out growth. I think probably spring would be my guess. You might start to see some movement, depending on where it is. But if it's in a warm spot, maybe 
a bit earlier. Yeah, okay. if you don't if you don't want it, you probably have to keep digging, Alan. Sorry, I might lose the listener oh, here, Ray. Thank you. <laughs> the house is going to fall into the hole. What are you going to do with that big patch of land now, Alan? What's going to go in there? We have found, uh, well, we already have one. Um, what is it? It's a candle um, banksia. Ah, oh, um, nice. Uh, they're very slow growing. We have yeah. one, uh, but it was being pushed over. Now, um, mm. the other side, we had the two, uh, and now we'll uh, look for, and we found one, um, $28, I can't remember the name of the nursery, and it's only a tiny small plant, only about two, 300 uh, mil high, uh, which will take probably years to grow up, but never mind. We're can just... we kill the tubers? Yes, yeah. yeah. Um, can you recommend something to kill what tubers um, that I do see around the edge of the hole? What about the blackberry tree colour? Well, and even probably a glyphosate, dare I say it? Yeah, but only if it, it starts yes. to shoot. Yeah. Because it, you, you won't kill... Um, the, if it's the tubers, not growing. If it's, if it's not yeah. actively growing. So yeah. the best time to spray that with one of those systemic herbicides would be when it starts to shoot in spring. But uh, the blackberry and tree killer will kind of poison the soil for your next plant. So mm. I probably wouldn't use that one. Oh. But, uh, yeah. yeah, just keep digging. What about glyphosate? You wouldn't use that one? <laughs> <laughs> it, it's, it, it warms you up this time of the year. Uh, so. what, what about... Cover, what about covering it with some black plastic? That will do two things. That will will smother it. Oh. If it's still going to grow, it will grow. So it, you might get some growth sooner rather than later. Yeah. So just okay. just try that. That'll warm up the spot. Uh, I, I was just picturing uh, the, the round hole lining the edge of the hole because there's no tubers going south. Uh, it's They're all spreading out. I'm having trouble well, picturing li- lining it. the hole like with a like a geo fabric or something. Yeah, like but, uh, just lining the hole with the black plastic uh, and leaving the base of the hole because there's no tubers down in the base of the hole. They only go to on the, the side on the parameters. Yeah. Oh, I see. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, believe yeah, black plastic over the top. Uh, you could compost it, you know, and uh, so if you threw some manure and then underneath and then composted it and kept it warm. Well, it's not going to be hard to keep it warm. Um, yeah. yeah, that'll just kind of eventually rot away if you don't let it reshoot. Uh-huh. All right. Well, look, uh, I'm sorry I didn't catch your name, sir. That's that was Mark. Mark, Mark big pardon. Mark, look, thank you very much uh, for um, uh, your information. Telling me. Um, Mark, uh, thank you very much for your information. Uh, we've, I can see that I've got quite a little bit more work to do. Thank you very much. Good luck. You're welcome, Alan. Our pleasure. <laughs> yeah, all the very best. Thank okay. you. Bye. 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 Yeah, they're very difficult. I don't know. I wouldn't put one in the ground unless I had like your situation space. where you've got yeah. space. I wouldn't and, put it in know, a suburban They're, they're great for, uh, I mean, because they're such a tough plant, they are great in a big space and they're mm. great, you know, for commercial locations. You'll see them around council buildings and public places yeah, and looked after. They, they can they're looked look after. stunning and, yeah. and such a feature. And their flowers are amazing in they flower They are gorgeous, ranging. gorgeous. And the Nikolai is beautiful as well.
another yeah. big one. His brother, mm. yeah. bigger. Yeah, yeah. I love his flowers. All as right. Well. So we still do have another giveaway to do, Ray. And I do. we still have plants. Well, okay. I have to go to a break in about 30 seconds. So it's up to you guys if you wanted to start going through some of these. And we'll have a short break. I'll do the giveaway in about five minutes' time. Okay. So, Mark, what will we talk about next after the break? Well, we can talk about this one, which is like the uh, it's a kind of wild rosemary. And I bought the plants in today with uh, Louise in mind, you know, so to yeah. attract uh, local bees and pollinators and butterflies. And this one is uh, belongs to the Asteraceae family, which you know about. So the, the flowers are very small, insignificant, bit yellow. And the wild rosemary has got greyish foliage, grows really well along the coast. It's also called coastal rosemary. But it's different from native rosemary, which a lot of people are familiar with, which is Westringia. But this one you can actually use to eat. So it's a culinary herb. Uh, you can use it just like you would rosemary. And grows to about a metre, mm. and you can trim it, and it's great for attracting pollinators. So, uh, it's got a lovely soft foliage, too. Yeah. Fantastic. So, after the break, we'll yep. hear from Louise about pollinators that come in for the Asteraceae family. Okay. Curtain Radio. Appreciate your company this morning on Let's Talk Gardening, and it's been a great morning. Special guest in the studio with me, Mark Tuchek from Tucker. Bush and Louise Peters. She's our butterfly lady. And speaking of butterfly ladies, we're in Mundaring. Margaret, good morning. Good morning, everybody. What an interesting morning. We're yeah. Now, I have seen a butterfly before the rain started, about three, 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 well, four weeks ago. I had a visitor and brilliant black and white butterfly no spots <clears throat> he was hovering around my bougainvillea it's been flowering like mad and kept going around the corner and then coming back to this bougainvillea and when he was she was flying the t top of her wings were black and there was a brilliant outline the size of a cabbage moth on the top of her wings when she was in flight. Mm. Oh, I'm thinking it's a type of swallowtail. So either you, because we do, I have been seeing a few orchid swallowtails, but your checkered swallowtails too. Um, and I have seen some this year. Uh, they are a beautiful butterfly. They would be hovering around collecting nectar. Yeah. Um, do you have citrus? Do you have citrus plants in your garden? I beg your pardon? Do you have citrus plants in your garden? Yes. So I've got three citrus. Yeah, your orchids. Orange in a so your, sorry. Yeah, so your swallowtail butterflies, they um their host plant is all your switch uh, your um oh. citrus plants. So your oranges, your lemons, your mandarins. Yeah, so they'll lay their eggs on these host plants. Oh. Yeah. So, so what do the e eggs look like? They're tiny little white eggs. Um, it depends on the species. Um, but together in a row. I think. I think they're, laid they're not. Yeah, they're not clumped. More of your butterflies will lay single butter uh, single eggs. Oh, single eggs. 
where your moths more clump, um, clump their eggs together. So butterflies like to lay their their eggs singular so that their caterpillars have more leaves to eat and are not in competition with each other. Yeah, yeah. Well, Faye knows what sort of bush I've got here, which mm. is native natural But the thing, the thing with these yeah. swallowtails is they're an introduced yeah. species. They were let go, I think, in Albany. Uh, and they've, um, unfortunately, these are one of the ones that aren't native to our area and they have the potential to cause damage to the citrus growers yeah. around Harvey and they had also moved into some of the bushland and national park and were stripping some of the native plants. Yeah. So it's very important that people understand the, the keeping of plants, uh, yeah. not plants, yeah. of butterflies and not to release species that aren't endemic to our area so we are so a lot of the butterflies that aren't native to wa can be bought in on a permit yeah um a lot of people don't realize this when they're buying to release for weddings or funerals and um as they don't realize that even though we can bring them in and keep them at keep them to observe we're not allowed to release them oh Interesting. I wonder if Eric Scott won in his book. I just bought his book this week. So Eric McCrum. So I wonder what? if he's got a mention of it there. What was the book. name of the book, sorry? Um, Eric McCrum has written a book just released, Nature of the Forest. I, th I don't think it, it would be in the book, mostly because it wouldn't regularly be seen in the bush unless no. the food plants are there you know butterflies are quite specific in that they will take nectar from a range of different plants yep. or family of plants but their food plants are specific so they're going to go to an area that is that's got the food plant for their caterpillars yes yeah, so it's called a host plant so the host plant is important for the butterfly to complete its life cycle so they will for a butterfly to stay in your garden even though you've got nectar plants to for it to feed on if you want to have a specific butterfly in your garden you will need to look up what its host plant is and right. not only that they need to be in your area for them to uh, right. come as well so if you take a walk around your area or you sit in your garden and you look out for butterflies you can easily take a photo and then ask you can message me or you can try and google um, and find out what host plant that those butterflies require plant those host plants in your garden and hopefully those butterflies will come Louise, can you just give us a couple of examples of host plants? Um, is there anything here? Yes. So basically, <laughs> oh, oh, in sorry. my garden... I might say cheerio oh. to you, Margaret, and uh, yes, good, you, you can you. listen. All right, love. Thank you. Thank you. Cheers. Okay, carry on. Oh, host plants? I, yes. So, yep. okay, so your daisy family. So Mark's talking about his wild rosemary. So your daisies, your everlastings, um, they're your Australian admiral butterfly that will use that as your host plant. Um, Mark's also got the amazing saltbush yes. plant, which I actually used last night on my dinner. 
Oh, oh good for you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my burnt knocky. Waiting for you to grow wings now. <laughs> yeah. Well, a butterfly that uses its host plant is the actual saltbush blue. Now, they're a beautiful little blue butterfly with a wingspan of about two centimetres. And they. So uh, they will complete their life cycle. Another little blue butterfly that I love seeing because it covers my grass in the warmer months are the grass blue butterflies. They're a tiny blue butterfly and they they use the introduced clover. So your prickles, your bindi, the bindies, they're the ones that they use Um I know we don't like to see them in our grass coming through, but I actually tell my husband to leave them. <laughs> I was like, no, <laughs> and I don't think my neighbours like that either. Oh, that's <laughs> but the amount of blue butter, little blue butterflies flying in my front yard is just amazing. And my daughters and I go and sit there and we just watch them fluttering over. Oh, dear. <laughs> so, yeah, you've got your – I know a lot of people talk about your milkweed um, – it is an invasive plant. A lot of people ask me for seeds. It is, and it's it's illegal to grow here, but you do have some non-invasive milkweed, which I saw all over Faye's garden when we had the a visit. The Asclepias caracifica, the right. orange fireweed, are allowed to grow, and it's quite easy to obtain the seeds now. And um, they're a host plant for your monarchs and your lesser wanderers. So it's a great plant to have. It is poisonous, so be careful of that white um, sap, milky sap. But um, if you definitely want to see introduce, um, see the monarchs and the lesser wanderers, and their caterpillars are amazingly beautiful, <laughs> definitely grab yeah. some seeds. So, Louise, you, you kind of remind me when I was young, you remind me of you – remind me of me when I was younger, Aww. you know. So you're, you're passionate, you know. Um, you know I was pretty too. <laughs> you still are, Mark. I, And I used to float like a butterfly and sting like a bee too. So <laughs> I used to do that when I was younger too. So, um, yeah, so we need more people like you like passionate with uh, things like this. So, oh, you know, thank you. I am you. passionate about the butterflies and all the, and all the other invertebrates, you know, without them. We wouldn't we wouldn't have our our vegetables. Yeah. For you know, sure. our forests, our bushlands after a fire depend on our pollinators to recover. So they're very important and it's important when we think about building our gardens, not only about the plants to attract them or the host plants to keep them there, like other animals, they need water, shelter and food. On that note we, we need will... to go to a break. Thank you. Curtain Radio in And Let's Talk Gardening was sponsored today by Safety Bay Settlements, settling and transferring properties across WA since 1977. Okay, we're going to give away very, very quickly our last $75 gift voucher. Now, this is from Green Life Soil Co. And just quickly, we've got a lovely email from Gay Gray singing the praises of Green Life Soil Co. She went up there and obviously spent her $75 gift voucher. She bought mulch and uh, blood and bone and uh, cane, uh, sugar cane mulch. And she said, high quality products and fabulous, enthusiastic and knowledgeable staff. Of course, we wouldn't expect anything less, Gay. And uh, one comment she's made for, your, for you to ponder, Faye, my passion fruit have chilli thrip, which 
was spread from her roses. Your thoughts mm. on that? I would have thought Chili Thrip now is having a sleep. I believe it would be, though I have seen insects flying around this week that are very small and and who knows what they actually are. Hopefully there's some predators out there that will take care of them. Um, it's certainly a time when chili thrips, among other insects, would be having a sleep because of the cold. Yeah. Mm. Uh, so to to clarify that, I would need a photo yeah. or a specimen uh, and to look at it under yeah. a, at least a magnifying glass, mm. if not In, a microscope. Yeah, to make sure that an actual mm. there fact, are, that is what it is. There are other thrips. Issues, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, it could be one of many things. All right. Now, you must be a Curtin FM member, guys, as you know, and not have won a prize in the last 28 days. Green Life Soil Co. Their motto is delivering a greener garden and their philosophy is founded on permaculture. They believe we should use less chemicals, promote biodiversity and live more sustainably wherever we can. They have a wealth of information on their website. Uh, Go to greenlifesoil.com.au where you will find products you need to match all of your gardening requirements and a whole so much more. Join up for the monthly newsletter. It's free, packed full of useful information. Lob into your inbox every month. Very, very handy. They do specialise in custom mixed soils made on site and many of their products are organically certified and a number of their soil amendments products are water-wise indoors. So, wowee. Here's your question. True or false? Poke salad can be eaten raw as a salad. True or false? Poke salad can be eaten raw as a salad. Give Bev a call now on 94841927. Okay, and that $75 gift voucher from Greenlife Soil Co. could be yours. All right, you guys, wrap up. Well, this week on Gardening Australia, one of the focuses was also on grassy, strappy leaf plants. And I know that Mark's got a couple of different ones here that are yeah, uh, please, both please edible explain. and I'll, I'll just talk quickly. Yep. So we've got um, here, this is the blueberry lily. This is Dianella revoluta. It's a West Australian local. Uh, it's a strappy leaf plant, super tough, very hardy. It has flower spikes that come up above the foliage. It has a very cute... Uh, blue and yellow flower that uh, attracts the blue banded bee. So, and then after that, you get little these bright blue berries on it, which you can eat. Uh, local Noongar people would snack on them as they walk through the bush. And uh, it's a ripper. It's such an easy plant to grow in your garden. To look after this, Mark, when it gets uh, big and a bit ratty when the flowers are spent, is it one that you cut to the ground? And then how would you feed it as well? You can cut it right to the ground and it'll regenerate and uh, it'll be a lot slower to regenerate after that. Again, I'd just give it a slow-release fertiliser if you did that, um, probably a little bit of wetting agent during the, the warmer months. But, uh, yeah, it's very tough and regenerates easily. So that's that one. Other one is the uh, the chocolate lily, and the chocolate lily is a uh, strappy-leaf plant, really attractive uh, mauve flowers that uh, stand up above the foliage again. Oh, I'd like that. And smell just like chocolate. Kids oh, kids love word. this one. So, um, But, of course, uh, local people didn't know what chocolate was and mm. so they wouldn't eat the flowers. They eat the tubers on this one. So they have like finger-like white tubers underneath the plant and uh, they taste a bit like a coconut. So you've almost oh, got, like a, got like a low-fat bounty chocolate, you know, here is it. Chocolate smelling and coconut tasting tubers. Oh my gosh. I'd 
don't know how you decide whether you let it flower and keep the plant or divide it up and eat some. That's right, sacrifice <laughs> it. And you let it get bigger before you chop half the, mm. uh, the plant out. And when you do chop the flower spikes off, you said it's true, does it create a little hollow? Uh, probably this, uh, the, 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 the stem itself yeah. gets kind of brown. So uh, is that for like, nesting or something like that? Yes, or? for the bees. Yeah, well, possibly. Yeah, yeah. could be... Uh, uh, it could be a little nesting spot like that. So they love little holes and tubers like that that we prune back and they dry up and they'll winter through and find homes, especially our solitary bees. Yes, there you go. So they're little, aren't they, Louise? The reed bees. Well, there's reeds. Your blue bat. A lot of bees will shelter in mm. in them. So yeah. So leaving some of the. the- the, the old flowers tu- behind yeah, and, just- and not cleaning up everything. Oh, okay, yeah. there you go. Yeah, that makes sense. And we do have a winner for the Green Life Soil Co. $75 gift voucher, Enos from Thornley. Good on you, Enos. The voucher will be in the mail to you this week. The question was, true or false, poke salad can be eaten raw as a salad. The answer is false. It is toxic until cooked twice using fresh water each time, after which it tastes like spinach. So very clever listeners out there. You didn't fool them again, John. So, yeah. Look, it's been a really busy morning. Faye, you'd like to say something? Well, we'll be back in three weeks and we'll yeah. be joined in the studio by Digby Ground. So our subject at that time will be all about grevilleas, everything you need to know. Um, nice. Phone in with questions and... Enjoy your break, Ray, and thank you to our two special guests. Yes, thank thank you you both for coming in. And if people would like to contact you, Louise, how can they do that? They can contact me through my mobile, which is... Actually, just your um, email address. Email address is fine. Email address is great. It's butterflydreamsperth at outlook.com. Easy. And and how about you, Mark Tuchek? Uh, well, you can look up the uh, the Tuckerbush website yeah. and email me through there, or if you've got other questions, um, on LinkedIn and Facebook and everything else. No. So, Thank should you. be fairly easy to find. Thank me. you both Thanks. very, very much for your time today. It's been really lovely. Appreciate that very much. Thanking Bev Daring and of course John Glidden. As Faye said, we are having a couple of weeks off, a little winter break. We return on the twenty second of July. We look forward to that. Coming up next is June Crinan with the classic 70s. And my gardenism for the week is, sorry, I have plants this weekend. Okay. Yeah, we <laughs> too we, true. We're too true. Look, happy gardening. And uh, don't forget, there's our gardening show podcast. All you need to do is go to curtainfm.com.au on the home page. Click where it says programs. There's a drop-down bar. You can go to Let's Talk Gardening. And you can listen to lots and lots of gardening podcasts uh, from us over the last year and more. Lots of information there should you be missing the show or just like to have yourself a gardening fix. So take care everyone. Until then, keep warm, happy gardening. We hope you've enjoyed listening to another edition of Let's Talk Gardening on Curtain Radio. Happy gardening.